the Bible talks about principality. song this morning it helped us praise the lord turn your bibles to second timothy chapter one i did not know that pastor dave was staying i thought he'd be getting back to new jersey i would have had him preach for us maybe next time we can we can get a a, a word ahead nancy that he's coming and we can get him to do that 
tonight to have a missionary, so we're, we're, we're in our positions today, but uh, we'll get Dave back here. 40 years of ministry there in New Jersey, that's wonderful. Thank you for your faithfulness, Pastor. Uh, we're going to look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, and then I'm going to do something. I, I don't normally do this. Um, boy, I led music this morning. I mean, I'm having myself a day here. Uh, but I'm going to sing because of the song that God's put on my heart this week for this service. I'm, I want you to turn in your, your Bible to 2 Timothy 1, but I want you to turn your songbook to page 51. And uh, I, I preached a message over a year ago on the thought, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. Talked a lot about Fanny Crosby and her ministry, but I, I have some different thoughts today the Lord put on my heart out of 2 Timothy chapter 1. But I'm going to go ahead and sing the three verses, and I want everybody to join me on the chorus. Can we do that? And uh, I, I don't sing much anymore because it makes me nervous. And uh, before I preach anyway, so, but the Lord puts on my heart, I want to sing it unto him and you help me. But first we're looking at 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. Listen to what Paul says. For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed. Now notice this. For I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him, against that day. Paul had great assurance from the Holy Spirit. Paul had great assurance as God was giving him the word of God for us so that we could have assurance in our life through the different things, trials, troubles, tests of life that we go through. Amen? And so let's pray and then we'll have this song together and then we'll get into our thoughts today. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the sweet spirit that is here in thy house. And Lord, I thank you that it's often here in this local church. And Lord, you said if two or three be gathered in your name, you're there. But Lord, help us not to take that for granted. We want you, dear Holy Spirit, to be here. And Father, we want you to be honored and we want your son to be uplifted and glorified. And I pray, dear Holy Spirit, that you do the work in the hearts that I cannot do. I pray, Father, that you'd be, you'd be pleased today. May we uplift the name of your Savior, your Son, the one you sent to be man's redemption. And Lord, we just we plead with you, be with us, help us, and we'll give you the glory. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Now, follow along with me. Page 51, I'll sing the verses. You join in on the chorus, please. Don't leave me hanging here, church. Okay, all right, go ahead. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Spirit washed in his blood. This is my story. Sing it, church. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. Good. submission perfect delight visions of rapture now burst on my sight angels descending ring from above echoes of mercy whispers of love everybody this is my story good submission all is at rest 
I in my Savior am happy and blessed, watching and waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness, lost in his love. Everybody, this is my story. Good. Add a smile. God's people said? Amen. Amen. All right. Now, let's get into this word. All this week, God was speaking to me about assurance, assurance. And uh, I'd like for us to take a look at these verses again. You know, in preparation of the sermon this week, we've, we've had a lot of things going on at the church in people's lives. I considered uh, some of the recent crisis that had been going on in people's lives. We've had deaths of some of our senior saints of late. And uh, it caused me to think about blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. This week, just out of the blue, Brother Dave Ryburn used to be a member of our church for years, deacon here, a faithful family. And they went out to Colorado to work with Mike Childers. And Brother Dave was having some chest pains. I called him yesterday to see how he was doing. Uh, I said, Brother Dave, did you have any symptoms before you had heart problems? He said, I was cutting the grass, and he said, I couldn't keep my breath. I, was, I, I felt like my, I was hurting in my chest, so he said, I quit. And he said, and then I rested a while, and I go cut the grass again with a lawnmower. And he said, it happened again. And he said, I had to quit, so I knew something wasn't right. And so he went in, and they told me he had seven blockages. And they said they might have to do five, and they ended up doing four. But he's home now. He just got home Saturday and uh, doing better. But that's just out of the blue. Uh, Marsha, Marsha Shirky, he, she didn't expect surgery. And she went in this last week, had emergency surgery. And she's doing better. She's home recovering. And, uh, but just a, a serious situation. Sister Karen Hutton, the former pastor's wife of this church, she... She had surgery this week on her spine and her neck. She came out well. I, I was up at Oakwood Hospital. I went to see Don. They thought he was passing, prayed with the family, and then I ran up to Oakwood and was with Karen and the family. She came out good. But I was thinking of these things. And, of course, this week, uh, of course, Brother Gene went home with be with the Lord a week ago. Don passes away Saturday morning. Now, these folks are sick, 91, and I think Don's in his late 70s. Sister Thelma Moore went home to be with the Lord a few weeks back, 91 years old. Now, we can expect that in a church. But it, it is sad and it hurts and those that remain. Uh, Brother, Brother Bob, his mother here, the, a year, anniversary today of, 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 of Bill McLaren's passing. That's, those, those anniversaries, those things are difficult uh, for people. Today's the anniversary of that. And I was thinking about these things this week, and I was thinking, thank God for blessed assurance. Thank the Lord that we can know that the Lord is with us in these times. Uh, so I, I want us to be thankful to God for our blessed assurance. I want to praise God that Jesus is mine, and listen, I am his. And don't you forget that, church. And you that are going through difficulties this week, listen, God has a message for you through the preacher today. Blessed assurance. Jesus is with you. He said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Now, this morning, I want to take a look at this thought of blessed assurance. And I want us to understand we possess that. God has given us the, that, that blessed promise and that gift of assurance. And I just want to mention a few, and I probably don't have time to preach all my points. I don't know if that happens to you, Brother Dave. I have all these points. I never get to all of them. But I'll try to preach a few of them, and then I'll just mention them, and then we'll be done today. But first thing I want us to understand today, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Great verse in your Bible. And if you can't get there quickly, I'll read it quickly. But 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, we see, first of all, we're told that Jesus is the assurance, listen, of our help. In times of trouble and testing and temptation. 
hey, folks, we're going to have trouble. But we have the assurance in God's word that Jesus will be with us in these times. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, the Bible says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Now we think of Thelma going home to be with the Lord. We think of Don. We think of Jean. And we think, oh, pastor, we prayed for their healing and they went home. Hey, that's the healing. As Brother Gene said, if the Lord wants to heal me, fine. If he doesn't, that's fine too. Listen, don't, listen, they're healed today. They're good. They're walking in glory, rejoicing. But you know, sometimes God chooses to heal the saints to keep them here for more service. Evidently, those that go on to, to be with the Lord, God is finished on their, their ministry on earth. But listen, we have a job to do. And we may be going through testing and trials and temptation. We may be going through sorrows. But Jesus is our assurance. He is with us. So much time people say, well, I don't sense that. Well, let me ask you a question. Are you embracing him or are you pushing him away? He is there. But sometimes we don't take advantage of that relationship that he wants with us. Psalm 46, verse 1, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. And I've seen God prove that over in my life, over and over and over again. And you have too. Sometimes through sorrow or difficulty, we forget those things. God's been good to us for so long and so many times that we, we hit a little road bump every once in a while and we think, where's God? How come God? I wonder about this. Listen, trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. He's a good God. I've called upon him so many times and he has been with me. Paul writes it this way, 2 Corinthians 1.10. He says, who delivered us and doth deliver? In whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Well, what a testimony of our great God in our life. He's delivered us and he delivers us and he will deliver us. Amen. Now the enemy's going to be there. We have the world, the flesh, and the enemy. They're with us every day. And oftentimes we don't recognize it. But the enemy, he's going to attack us. He's going to try to defeat us. The enemy's going to try to derail us, cause us to fail, cause us to falter from, from our faith, from the work that God has called us to, to our devotion, to our witnessing, from our determination to serve the Lord. Think in the Bible, when Demas forsook Paul and God, the enemy rejoiced. When Paul and Barnabas got at odds with one another on their missionary journey, the enemy thought they had gain some ground. When John Mark quit on Paul in the midst of the gospel outreach team's work, the devil and the devils were excited. Listen, the enemy's still working. Uh, the, when pastors fail, when missionaries fall, when deacons quit and leadership quits leading, listen, when saints are flip-flopping and they're not what they ought to be, Satan and all hell rejoices. But God has given us a promise. I will be with you in difficult times. When the trials come, I will be there. When the fire and the flood come, I will be with you. A promise from God. We can be victorious in Christ. God's a great God and a great Savior. You know what he wants us to do during these difficult times? He wants us to take a stand. He doesn't just want us to stand. He wants us to gain ground. As Brother Dave, in the midst of a loss and sorrow and suffering, we can rejoice. We can trust God. We can be faithful. Yes, Amen. God wants us to take a stand for him and to fight the good fight of faith. But more than that, he wants us to be champions in Christ. You know, our testimonies are important in this world. And God doesn't want us to lay our armor down. He you know, the Bible talks about the book of Nehemiah where they were trying to rebuild the city and build a wall up again in Jerusalem. And, and I'm so inspired by those verses because those men were determined to serve God and go on even though there was opposition all around them. 
And they had a trowel in one hand building the wall and a sword in the other fighting the enemy. Man, what a picture of what we ought to be doing in this life while we go through trials and troubles. I mean, keep building and keep fighting and keep trusting the Lord. Oh, we can be champions for Christ if we hold on, if we hold out, if we resist the devil. and the But listen, there will be consequences to that. I won't lie to you. You serve the Lord. You stay strong, especially under attack, and they're going to keep attacking. I'm not going to tell you it's going to be easy. It won't be easy. When you say goodbye to a loved one, it is not an easy thing. We know they're in heaven. We rejoice. We know that they're all right. We understand that, but we still hurt. We still miss them. We still, we, we still pine for them. But I'm telling you, that's the time that we need to fight on in spite of the consequences. But it won't be easy. It'll be hard. Satan will stir up things and attack us in our mind. Amen. But praise God, the smile of God is upon us, and he will bless our efforts and our fruitfulness. James 1.12 says, A crown of life for them that love him. I want to ask you this morning. Do you love your Lord today? Does he know you love him in spite of your trial, in spite of your loss, in spite of your heartache? Say, preacher, you preach like that, but it's not easy. No, it's not easy. But the Lord will be with you. And he'll strengthen you and he'll comfort you. And he'll give you a peace that passes all understanding. It may not be this morning. It may not be this week. It may not be right now. It may, some of you have lost loved ones in the last two or three years. It's still not easy. It's never going to be easy. But the Lord is going to be with you. Use you in a great way. Never forget, we have no power in ourselves. But if we're faithful, God will be pleased. The power's in the Lord, not us, through these testings, through these trials. If we ask him, he will be with us. 91.12 of Psalms, the Bible says, He shall call upon me, and I will answer him, and I will be with him in trouble, and I will deliver him and honor him. Praise the Lord. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 7, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek. And you shall find, knock, and the door shall be opened unto you. Paul wrote in Ephesians 3.20, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. That's the Holy Spirit, not me, not you. So Jesus is our insurance, assurance, in times of trouble and trial and difficulty. Jesus is our assurance of guidance as we try to navigate through this life. Psalm 25, if you'll go there, you know, I'm thinking of those that are bereaved who have lost loved ones, a husband, a wife, a child, a loved one. And sometimes when that loss happens and when people are taken out of our lives, it causes us to flounder sometimes, to wonder. We're used to their guidance. We're used to their advice. We're used to their wisdom Let's do this and let's do that. And it becomes not a let's anymore. It becomes an individual. And you're trying to figure out God's will and what way to go and how to, how to get this taken care of and how to take that. And just every day sometimes life gets difficult. But Jesus is our assurance of guidance as we try to navigate through life. The psalmist says in Psalm 25, in verse 4, show me thy ways, O Lord, teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. Of thee do I wait all the day. Drop down to verse 9, he continues, the meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth and such Unto such that keep his covenant and his testimonies. Listen, when you've had a loss, get in the word. Let God guide you. Pray to the Holy Spirit. Listen, the Holy Spirit is God. We have a triune God. 
The Holy Spirit's not third string God. It's not like playing the Detroit Tigers and you, your star player's hurt and you, you put in the sub and then oh, if you have to, you go to the third guy. In the, the Holy Spirit is God. He's very God. He's very powerful. He has a ministry in my life and yours. He's promised Jesus, the Savior, has promised a better. He said, it's expedient that I go away and I'll send another comforter unto you. One of the same kind. Literally means one who comes alongside. And he's comforting us and he's guiding us. He's directing our path. The Bible teaches us that God deals with us in guidance in many ways. But the two main ways is he guides us by his spirit. Romans 8:14 For as many as are led of the spirit of God they are the sons of God. You that have lost loved ones in recent time, maybe recent years, I promise you God's word is true. He will guide you. He will direct you. Seek his advice, seek his counsel. Let him be that one who stands alongside. You can sense his presence in your life. The Holy Ghost is our Jesus-given, dispatched helper on this pilgrim journey. So often we get so familiar with our Bible that I think sometimes it can even be a disservice. We, we, we know it so well, we take it for granted. We hear the verses and they're not, they don't speak to us like they used to. Sometimes get in your Bible and just pause. And pray and say, God, make this alive to me again. <coughs> it's truth, Lord, and make it fresh in my soul. In John chapter 14, speaking of the Holy Spirit, our guide, our helper. It says in verse 16, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may be uh, abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the, the world... Uh, cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. And I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Verse 26, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. You know, when people leave your life, they had input. We take, we, sometimes we're with them so much, we, we kind of took that relationship for granted. This last uh, Mother's Day, I was thinking of mom. Father's Day's coming up, I was thinking of my dad. And I told my wife, I said, there's so many times I just wish I could talk to dad again. Oh, yeah. Amen. Right. Many, some of you have that loved one that passed a life's mate, and you say, I just wish I could speak to her again. I wish I could speak to him again. And listen, you can't, but God is there. And he will direct your steps. And he will guide you in the places you need uh, to go. And we, we somehow trust human people. And that's natural. That's us. That's normal. But you realize the people that led you and helped you, they had a walk with God. And now they want you to have that same walk. And I'm telling you, Jesus is the assurance of guidance as we try to navigate through this world. Hey, young people, sometimes mom's not going to always be there. Dad's not going to always be there. Wife, husband, that, that mate of yours is not always going to be there. But the Lord is always there if you know him as your Savior. And he send that comforter and he'll help you. He'll guide you. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the Bible, which is a guide unto us. Psalm 119, 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Say, preacher, we believe that stuff. I know you do. It's right here, right? You know where your church stands or where do you stand? Your word is a lamp and a light. But if you're closing it up, if you're letting your grief overtake you, to the point where you're, you're done with that. You've heard it all before. You're hurting yourself. God, lo, I come in the volume of a book. It is written of me. I mean, through grief and sorrow and disappointment and heartaches and trials, that's your best friend right there, that book, that Bible. 
We have assurance given us through the word of God. He is an ever-present guide through his word and through the spirit of God. Jesus is our assurance. Now, don't let this, it's so common, in our prayer and supplications. Again, you know, we think of prayer, oftentimes we think of prayer, we, we think of prayer in a very selfish manner. What can I get? God, do this for me. Sometimes we're like little children, give me this and give me that. We, we hurt ourselves. But he says we're to pray as children. But not just for ourselves. What about supplication? You know what supplication is? It's not prayer for me. It's pray for others. You're hurting. You're in trouble. You're discouraged. Your pastor needs to pray for you. If I'm only praying for me, 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 mine, 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 then I'm not being a good shepherd. But listen, you, you dads, you're the heads of your home. Amen. You're, you're, the, you're the head of your home. Your wife, your children, they need you. And not just think about yours, as my preachers say, my four, no more. No. Supplicate for others. Go to the throne of grace for others. And Jesus assures us that prayer and supplication will get the job done. John chapter 14, verse 13. Jesus is talking here. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That's a promise. So a preacher, I've asked God for things. See, you're asking God for things for you. James tells us we ask amiss because we heap it upon ourselves. Why don't we just go to God and ask him for his perfect will, his way, and, and, and help us? Yes. But Jesus said, if, if, if a son needs an egg, does he give him a scorpion? We got a God that loves us. We get hurt, we get wounded, and we think that God's out to hurt us. No, he loves you. He's not out to hurt you. He didn't cause trials in your life to hurt you. Sometimes he allows them to draw us closer to him. All things work together for good. God brings out good. Because he's a good God. Jesus is the assurance that we need through prayer. He pulled his disciples aside. He wanted them to know that, listen, I'm leaving soon, and you men are going to have to carry out my work. And the Bible teaches that we need to understand this principle that prayer is important. Supplication is important. God hears you, even though you might not think so. There are times where heaven's brass. But the Bible says in Job 13, 22, Then call thou, and I will answer. Job 14, 15, thou shalt call and I will answer thee. Psalm 91, 15, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. And I will be with him in trouble. And I will deliver him and I will honor him. Jeremiah 33, 3, call upon me and I will answer thee. And I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. You know, Job and David and Jeremiah, they were going through some stuff. Amen? And all of them had advice for us today. Call on him and he'll answer you. When you're going through trouble and trial and difficulty and disappointment and discouragement and all that stuff, don't forget to pray. Get a hold of God. The best you know how. Draw an eye to God and guess what? He'll draw an eye to you. Oh, I'll see this all through the scripture. Prayer's important. I'm going to show you one other thing. I'm just going to give you points and we're going to, as a southern preacher say, Dave, we're going to go to the house. Amen. Luke chapter 11, go there. And this is what we call the Lord's Prayer. Now, it's not the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is actually John, uh, Luke chapter 17, where he prayed for them. This is intended to be a model prayer for the disciples. You've got to remember the context here. The Lord's getting ready to leave. And he's giving these you who's some instruction to carry on the work of God. Have you had a yoo-hoo in a while, anybody? I shouldn't have said that. Now I want one right now. 
Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Here it goes. And he said unto them, when you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in earth, so in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. What a prayer. But God never gave us this prayer. Jesus never gave us this prayer to repeat and repeat and repeat. He didn't give it to us. The Bible says you're not supposed to have vain repetition. As the heathen do. He says in Matthew 6 that they think for their much speaking they're getting something done. No. This prayer was not given for vain repetition. This prayer was not empty recitation. This prayer was teaching these men how to pray and how to get a hold of God because he was leaving them, the context, and they had a great work to do. God wants us to know we can get a hold of our Father because, listen, sorrow will come. Attack will come. Dark days will come. Health will fail. Cancer will come. Heart attacks will come. Children will die. Terrible things will enter into our lives. We're not exempt because we know the Savior from sorrows. That's life. But we got a God that will be with us. And strengthen us and guide us. And we can pray to and he answers our prayers. That comforts us. But he gave them this prayer. Not to be repeated over and over again that it means nothing. I want us to consider something interesting about this text here. First of all, this instructional prayer of the Lord to his men is notable in its two things, simplicity and shortness, its brevity. It's a simple prayer. It's like Abraham Lincoln giving the Gettysburg Press, so short and so powerful. It wasn't a prayer. I think it might have been in his heart when Abraham Lincoln gave that Gettysburg Address. But it was simple. And it was short. And we know of it today. Well, the Lord has this model prayer for us. The Pharisees, on the other hand, when they prayed, they were known for their long and lofty prayers. Remember the publican and the, and the Pharisee? The Pharisee prayed, Lord, I'm glad I'm not like this guy over here. And I fast so many times a day, and I do this, and I do that. I, 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 I was God impressed, not one bit. Publican smote his breast, said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That's a short prayer. And they got the job done. God heard them. Listen, God says, when you go to me in prayer, don't, don't try to long and lengthy and tell me, thou God of Jacob, Isaac, and Isaac. You know, we're not, we're not impressing God. Call on him. Salvation, call on the Lord and you'll be saved. Why do we have to... Trump it up. Why do we have to make it something that's not? Get a hold of your God. The rabbis used to say, whosoever is long in prayer is heard. I have a statement. Baloney. There's a thief on the cross, and he, he cried out, Lord, remember me when I come in thy kingdom. That's a pretty short prayer. And Jesus said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. It got the job done. Peter was sinking, help! <laughs> and Lord reached out and got him. Folks, the Lord gave this prayer to teach his disciples how to pray when difficult times came. Amen? Matthew 6, 7, when you pray, use not vain repetition as the heathen do. For they think, for they think, for they think, they shall be heard for their much speaking. Something else here in the nature of this prayer. The context of this prayer is a rebuke to the Pharisees that were standing around. For their pompous, full of themselves, posture and lofty prayers. You know, it was the Pharisees that went to the marketplace, and they were the ones that made their phylacteries larger and broadened the hems of their garments. So everybody said, oh, there goes a holy man. Was the Lord listening to them? No. 
Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5, Jesus, you know what he called? He had a word for them. He called them hypocrites. He called them hypocrites. And the word hypocrite means to wear a mask, to play a role, to be a pretender. They that pretended to be genuine when they're not. Oh, how many times I have been a hypocrite in my prayer life. I can't tell you the times that I've come to an altar Got down there were babbling for my many words, and the Holy Spirit says, Stop it. Holy Spirit ever speak to you that way? Stop it. You're just going through the motions. And I'd say, God, forgive me. You know, your Father, your God wants you just to talk to Him, to bear your heart to Him, to be real with Him. Hey, maybe some of you for the first time, you just need to get real with God. And tell him your heartache, and tell him your hurt, and tell him your worry and your anxiety. Tell him. He knows anyway. Be honest with him. Let him help you so then you can supplicate and help others in need too. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. I have the assurance that when I pray to my God, he hears me. Amen? Also this prayer... The fact that the prayer of Jesus is found in Luke 11 and Matthew 6 is interesting because they're not the same words. They're different words. They're not given in the exact same way. That teaches us that God never intended us to recite them or he would have said it the same way the second time so we got it down good. We're not to repeat them. It's not a magical formula. It's not a ritualistic pattern. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. as in Listen, I'm an old Catholic. I got saved. But I know my prayers. Hail Mary, you're full of grace. I'm not going to pray that one. They're in here. But those aren't prayers to God. They're recited prayers. They're learned prayers. He wants you to bear your heart to him. And he said, hey, disciples, I'm getting ready to leave. Learn about prayer. Here's the instructional prayer. Follow this pattern, but don't recite it as it mean nothing. Hey, we're talking about people in trouble this morning. Get a hold of your God. Pray to your God again. Have assurance he'll be there. He'll guide you in all truth. And when you pray, he's going to answer your prayer. Amen. Hey, folks, the way up to God is get low. God wants us to, he wants to hear our sincere prayers. The Lord of heaven wants to hear his children pray. Remember how he said, call out Abba, Father, Daddy. My girls still, when they call me, they ask something for me. Trisha calls me Daddy-O. And Joy calls me dad. And when those girls ask me for something, I'm going to do all I can to take care of that. Amen? They don't have to say, oh, greatest father in the state of Michigan. <laughs> no. Let me, we got to finish. Jesus is our assurance of heaven. Amen. Hey, folks, heaven is a real place. It's where God lives. And he tells us in, the, in his word, Matthew's gospel, chapter 5. Let me give you this. Moving on, chapter 5 and verse 16. He says, um, let, not, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and, and, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And folks, I got a ton of verses here that says God's in heaven, God's in heaven, God's in heaven. But he also says, I have prepared a place for you. I'll come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Hey, so where's Thelma? Heaven. Where's Jean? Heaven. Where's Don? Heaven. Where's your loved one that died in Christ? In heaven. Amen. 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 Katie girl. She's in heaven, Jerry. It's hard. I know it's hard. But they're there, and one of these days, if you have faith in Christ, you believe that I'm as your Savior, you're going to see him, and you're going to see them. Because Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place, and if I go, I'll come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there shall you also be. Heaven's a prepared place.
I have not seen nor heard what God has prepared for them that love him. It's a perfect place. It's populated. It's full of the saints of God. Heaven's a wonderful place. Heaven's the only place that can be entered into, though, through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man come to the Father. No man come to the Father. No man come to the Father. No man cometh to the Father. No man cometh to the Father. But by me. He's it. If you're here today and you got religion, ain't gonna help you get to heaven. Well, I'm a Catholic, I'm a Methodist, I'm a Lutheran, I'm a Baptist, so what? Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Has there been a day and a time that you've repented and received him by faith in your heart? Hey, I can take you to the place. That old group yesterday at the, they did the medley and one of those songs, I can take you to the place, I can take, you know, remember that? I wish I could sing that, but I can take you to the place. The house is still over there. I could go up the steps, I can show you right there where I trusted Jesus Christ my Savior. Some of you need to go back in your mind's eye and you need to remember where God saved you. Take a fresh trip to Calvary every once in a while. Remember where the Lord saved your soul. And you know what? Because of that, you're going to heaven. Not because you're good, because he's good. Not because you have good works, because he worked at Calvary to secure your salvation. Jesus is our assurance of eternal life. He promises that. So I'll quit with this. Do you have assurance of your soul salvation? I mean, do you really have it? So, preacher, I don't know. I'm not sure. I had a lady yesterday. Her name was Pam. She came up to me and she said, Pastor, I asked Jesus into my heart to save my soul. She said, I've been raised Catholic. And she said, I have a lot of questions. And I let her talk because I, I get in trouble here because I don't tell everybody I'm ex-Catholic because sometimes you don't get a good response. Sometimes it's just, oh, why'd you leave the church? But some, some, I just sense it and I say, I want to tell you something. I was Catholic, so I understand where you're at. You were. Can I ask you some? Absolutely. Now that lady, she was excited about what she just did yesterday. She invited Jesus in her heart. She wanted assurance. Do you have assurance? You ever had a time and a place that you trusted Christ? Do you have confidence in your profession of faith? She said, Preacher, I, I was never sure, but I, I am now. Can you show me some other things? Can you visit me? Do you have the Spirit's witness within? The Bible says in 1 John 4, 13, Hereby we know that we dwell in him and he in us, because he hath given us of his Spirit. Romans 8, 16, The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Are you saved? Are you know it? And then I have a question. If you're saved and you know it, are you serving him? Today, as a believer, are you right with God? Is your relationship with the church right? The preacher got up and prayed, and in his prayer he's saying, talking about the local church. Folks, what a gift. God in his wisdom, his infinite wisdom, he saved us, but he didn't leave us. He put us in the body of Christ, the local church, to use our gifts and abilities for God and for others. I thank God for the church. I love the church. I love the, the bride of Christ, the brethren, amen, the sistren too. What a gift. I don't know what your relationship with the church is. If you need to get... If you need to get scripturally, uh, scripturally baptized, get baptized. If, if you need to get saved, get saved today. If you're not a member of a church, get in the church. Don't quit waiting. And I'm wondering, don't let, like, God gave the church as a gift to you. Let's bow our heads if we would this morning. I got much more I could say, but I need to stop. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Is he yours? Do you have the blessed assurance? I mean, I've just told you, we have some people lately going through hard times. Some souls have passed into eternity. There's some people going through trials and trouble. Hey, I, I would assume in this place this morning, there might be a marital problem. There might be problems with children in the home. 
There might be a relationship, a family relationship, brothers and sisters not getting along. I don't know. God knows. But God gives blessed assurance. Do you have it? So preacher, I need it. Then come and talk to the Lord. If you need to get saved, come talk to us. We'll show you right in the Bible how to call on Christ and be born again. Father, there's many needs here this morning. There's hurting hearts. Lord, thou knowest, I pray that you'd help each and every one that's heard this sermon. Lord, let them reach out to you in faith. Lord, meet that need today. Maybe a need of comfort, of solace, maybe some peace. Maybe someone genuinely needs to get born again, God. Holy Spirit, draw them unto Christ. Maybe someone needs just to find a church home. Maybe someone needs to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. I, I don't know all the needs here, Lord, you do. But lead them and guide them, we pray. Thank you for your presence here today. In Jesus' name, amen.